Hello, and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk with friends and family about movies that they love. So today we have a very special guest, and I'm going to let Eleanor introduce her. Okay, so Yuffie lives in Los Angeles. She's like a recent transit, what's it called? That's not the word I'm looking for. Recent transplant, and she works in sciences broadly in a very male-dominant <laughs> field and office. That sounds like particularly horrific whenever she describes it. But Yuffie, I would love for you to talk about yourself a little bit. Okay, well, thank you for having me. Um, It's good to be here. Um, My name is Yuffie. I'm originally from Canada, actually, but I've been living in the U.S. for uh, 16, 17 years. So I feel pretty confident I can say that I'm an American and I'm definitely affected by what has recently been happening in the Trump administration. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer. I'm working for a small manufacturing company and only just started that job in, uh, in November. So it's been about three months and it's already been sort of horrific working there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> my first job out of college. So um, I'm not, I'm pretty sure the rest of the world isn't like this, but it's definitely been quite a shock for me um, in LA. So I know it's hard. It's, you truly did, I feel like, kind of meet the worst possible people. Because I would say LA, even outside, outside of science related fields, can be very sexist and judgmental and like poorly opinionated or poorly formed opinions and it seems like you really hit it on the jackpot on like yeah i really hit the jackpot it's (laughs) uh just to give a little backstory this company was started back in the 1980s it's been around for about 30 years and who knows how they keep themselves afloat because there's not really they don't really operate on a budget Mm. they're not sure what their revenue is and um, it, this manufacturing plant was started by, by one guy uh, who has a degree in the arts from, from CalArts. He doesn't even have any experience uh, necessarily in engineering. Yeah, in engineering. He has uh, one, uh, one other person started with him who's from Russia. And he's really sort of the... Um, power behind this he's got most of the engineering experience and brilliant person terrible to work with impossible to work with and uh he's everything that you would imagine that a russian person is uh and he's got that stereotypical russian accent and um but he doesn't really believe that women can become engineers and so it's been a little bit frustrating dealing with him uh and i've had a couple meetings where people have told me to flat out shut up in it uh it's something where people don't have really time to hear what i've said or or people will talk over me and um i don't know it's 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 been definitely interesting definitely a good learning experience on what you had to do with difficult people but um i don't think it's like this everywhere that's terrible yeah yeah Actually, on my interview for the place, that should have been my first red flag, but I was pretty desperate to get a first job. Um, when I first met uh, one of the people, it was a group interview with six people. One of them said, interesting hair. Uh, I, have, I have very short hair, and, and uh, the person asked me sort of about my physical appearance, if I've always looked 
like this. And in one meeting uh, after I was hired, uh, I was using an example of someone who doesn't, you know, respond to insults. They called me a butch lesbian in the middle of a meeting in front of like top people. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely not, (laughs) not a place. It's definitely a boys club there. Um, And they're not really sure how to interact with a, a young female engineer who's not I am so sorry that sucks yeah yeah but uh I mean again I had to start somewhere and and this is this is sort of what happened well you'll get the worst out of the way yeah you'll hopefully get the worst out of the way and then just like it'll it'll be up and up from there yeah okay well shall we talk about our favorite pop culture things of the week Sure. Sure. Even though I'm not going to lie, it is, I would say this week was particularly challenging on so many like emotional levels. Um, so it, but it is really good to think about, and I've talked with people about this, like how to create, create balance and work on like own self-care and mental health. Um, so I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad to even consider stuff I liked this week. Um, but I know I have one right away, which is I saw 20th Century Women with Annette Benning, and I there was like the whole cast was really well done, but Annette oh. Benning was outstanding. Also, I've never identified with a character as much as I did Annette Benning's character in this film, which is interesting because she's like a 55 year old divorced woman with a 15 year old son. Yet I felt I was like, I get you, I understand. Um, so that was interesting for my own self, <laughs> self feeling, self identification. But there you go. All the good things. All of them. Um. Okay. Did you know your pop of the week, or Annie? Huh? Yeah, Yuki. Do you want to go next, or shall I? Um. So, sort of like what popped this week? Um, yeah, that like made you happy. As far as it- Honestly, uh, the best thing of my whole week, pop culture-wise, was the cute animal tweet-off from uh, the American zoos all over the country. And it started with, I think, the San Diego Zoo. They tweeted a picture of a baby otter. And um, the Cincinnati Zoo responded and said, we can uh, one-up you with a picture of a miniature deer and a bunch of different... Uh, zoos got in on this and it was a cute animal tweet off it was pretty fantastic so that's that definitely so cute because i it's did not really that. yeah definitely the highlight of the week yeah eleanor we've been only listening to like the sad bad stuff um not cute animals so we need to get on that um I have to say, so I, Yuffie, I was like really sick earlier this week, which Eleanor knows, but I, um, I'm a teacher. I work with fifth graders and I am never sick. And this week (laughs) I was like real sick. Um, and I think it was like a combination of like not sleeping and then having to be out late and whatever. But in my not being able to move stage, which I hated because I like love to be active, um, I watched a whole bunch of Shameless. And so I'm like only in the Shameless world right now and I can't interact outside of it. And I'm really worried about tomorrow when I re-enter the world of 10-year-olds and I can't 
say any of the language they say on that show, <laughs> nor talk about any of the situations that present itself on that show. Um, so I'm a little bit worried. Yuffie, for example, we were we were on the phone yesterday when Annie was watching Shameless, and all of a sudden Annie's like, oh my goodness, the three-year-old took cocaine. And she was like, what? And so apparently that's something that happens on this show. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, wow. Have you ever seen it? No, I haven't. I should, though. It's um, good. It's okay. Has Nate seen it? Nate's seen everything. I would imagine Nate has seen it, yeah. Mm. Too much. I'm trying to get through the rest of development right now. Everyone said that it's just the best show. Um, and there, it'll refer to itself, and there are all these inside jokes, but I'm only a few episodes in. So I'm not really sure what the appeal is just yet. It's definitely a, a darker comedy, which I enjoy. But, um, yeah, no, I, I'm a little confused as to what's happening in Rusty Development. But, no, I, I, haven't, I haven't listened to Shameless. So. See, that'll be interesting, well, too, because Arrested Development was, I mean, because that was, came out, like, what, 2002, 2003? So, like, it does make sense that that was, like, before your time. But that mm-hmm. was so seminal in kind of, that was the first sitcom that, like, broke the sitcom mold. Um, yeah, no, that's sad. Yeah. Honestly, season two of Arrested yeah. Development is fabulous. I would say it's far better than season one. So maybe you just have to hold out. Yeah, so everyone said just hold out for the whole of season one. Um, you need to see it, but just wait till season two. You'll love it. So, um, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Shall we talk about Rogue One? Dun, dun, dun. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Um, okay, so Yuffie, can you give us a synopsis of this movie? Okay, full disclosure, I haven't seen this movie in a bit, uh, so I'm sort of digging up what uh, the Rogue One was about, but um, it's about a uh, girl named Jin Erso, and she is the daughter of this scientist who works for the Empire. And um, it really is relating back, the way that it relates back to the original Star Wars is that her father is uh, the one that designs the Death Star. Um, Mm. And he makes a fundamental flaw in the, the, the Death Star, which as we know from the, um, the older Star Wars that was exploited, but it goes into that how that was an intentional flaw in the um, in the actual design of it. And she's related because she's um, really one of the first uh, mainstream Star Wars movies where she's the main character and she's uh, you know a very strong lead, uh, which I liked. But she she's sort of operating outside the law a lot. She has different names. They catch her in the very beginning of the movie. And um, it's related to her joining the Rebel Alliance and trying to bring down the Empire uh, with this this group of people that are a little afraid to do any of that because uh, this movie really focused on more the um, the practicality side of creating a Rebel Alliance against such a giant empire, and so. Um, I don't know if we're doing spoilers or not. This movie has been for a while. <laughs> but um, also, everyone died. Everyone died. Oh, my God. And 
Oh man, I was I was surprised. Once they started killing off main characters, I went, "Oh no, this is going to continue. They're going to kill everybody." <laughs> well, so okay, this is actually super funny because our little brother Teddy, he uh-huh. has the most ridiculous job in the world, where like he doesn't really work, and sometimes I get very frustrated with that because I work very hard and like get paid okay. nothing, yeah. and like that's okay, like it's okay. Anyway, so Teddy, this movie came out on a Friday, right? Teddy just Mm -hmm. didn't go to work and saw the movie by himself at, like, 10 a.m., and then I saw him that night, and I had worked, like, a whole day with 10-year-olds, like, right before Christmas break. I was, like, exhausted, and I was like, oh, of course, Teddy, you just, like, didn't go to work today, and you went to see Rogue One, and I was like, how was it? And he immediately turns to me, and he's like, well, there won't be a Rogue 2, and I was like, what? It was so bad? You, like, don't think that they'd make it again? And he's like, no. Everyone died at the end, Anne. And I was like, you can't do this to me! You suck! I mean, I saw it opening night, so I saw it that Thursday night, and I was shocked that they killed everyone, just because just because it is such a mentality, like, franchises, like, keep it going, like, we need these characters. Well, I hear that they are actually making a Rogue 2. But how? It's in but how? A different group of people? See, because I, I could absolutely see, because what was cool about this movie was that it took something that wasn't explained in a previous Star Wars film, and realistically, it didn't need to be explained, but yeah. they gave it a story, and now thinking about it, there's so many places where there's there are stories that could be, like, impl- like in implanted in the Star Wars universe, but it did kind of, it did make me sad, I will say, that, like, and rightfully so this movie got so much press for having an extraordinarily diverse set of star wars characters but it's like the one movie where they all die and i was like yeah you know? these are characters that i would have loved to see in later movies but now they're all dead so i'm not gonna see them <laughs> i really did enjoy the cast thoroughly um they were so good um and um, I'm not necessarily sure if I'm looking forward to episode nine after watching episode eight. I wasn't really that enamored with the, the reboot. Um, oh, I enjoyed Rogue One more than I enjoyed episode eight. So, uh, oh well. But they say they're going to continue it. I don't know how. Um, but, uh, no, I, I really liked the... Um, I'm trying to think. It was the the one guy where he I can't remember his name. It's been a little bit. But he was the one who was um, sort of the in charge of the whole group of people. And, for lack of a better term, because yes. yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. He was fantastic. I loved him so much in that movie. Well, um, and particularly with his role, and there were so many articles about it, which I thought were beautiful. He, he as a Mexican actor was adamant about using his accent and having audiences see and hear that and be able to identify because it is the case where there are are actors and actresses from Latin Latin American countries whose first language is Spanish but then are asked to negate their accents when yeah. performing American roles. Yeah. And for him to do that and also just in general, I'm not gonna lie to you, Diego Luna is someone who like does it for me forever. Um, it started young. Like I feel like I've been obsessed with him for maybe seventeen years now, and it was like with this film, the rest of America and the world became also obsessed. Um, it was good because it brought me down the Wikipedia.
Wikipedia rabbit hole for him, and I found out that he's divorced, which is sad, but also better. <laughs> <laughs> and last time I Wikipedia him, he was married. <laughs> so, but that's just me being a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Terrible. It also made uh, the death of Carrie Fisher a little bit more fresh because I we yes. had thought about Carrie Fisher perhaps maybe so much. Um, she hadn't been directly involved in any sort of major films in a while, and uh, they had briefed at the very end, and and then she died what uh, December twenty eighth. So, um, but. Yeah. Uh, at the Women's March, which I was at in L.A., uh, there were so many signs related to uh, yes. uh, Fisher, which was fantastic. It was all about um, Rebel and, and a few lines from what actually, not not what her, you know, not what Princess Leia had said, but what actually Carrie Fisher's in quotes from her. Mm-hmm. So, Right. I mean, oh, I the saw fact- them in Chicago. I mean, there were a bunch of ones that said, like, a woman's place is in the resistance. Um mm-hmm. Like yeah, with was- Princess Leia, yeah. So much. And if we're thinking about The Force Awakens, Leia does become a general. So, and I think that was a very conscious decision in part, uh, what's her name? I forget the main character in The Force Awakens. Also, Daisy Ridley's character. Ray. And so this Isn't it her name, Ray? That Ray, it's true. Um, yeah, Ray. So the idea of moving, moving females from... Not, like, Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia was such a seminal role in the sense that it put a woman in the center of a story for more than just romance, and she had a role, and yeah. she fought. But people that. like Ray and like, Jin were the ones moving the story forward. Um, absolutely. and But, okay, here is my problem with Jin Erso, though, with Rogue One, is that I loved how she was a complicated character in that she had a criminal background. She wasn't totally into this idea of the revolution and resistance. She was, in a sense, self-absorbed. She was a she was a complicated, complex character, which we don't often see from uh, female characters, particularly in action roles. But what bothered me is that she was seemingly the only woman in this universe. Yes. Yeah. Now that you mention it, <laughs> there, there were, were no others. Only her. Just her. That's that was it. And her mom for a brief I'm time. Yeah, but. That's still, she wasn't really I am, there, you know, you just had Felicity Jones doing her thing. And yeah, well, and what's his name was so good as the voice. He's such an incredible voice actor because he was also Hey Hey in Moana, which was lovely. But oh. I am waiting for a badass female robot. Like, yes. Yeah. One of these. Um, no, he was actually, he may have been my favorite character. What was it? Uh, K2SO, um, he was, I don't know who he was played by. I'm trying to think of his, uh, voice actor, but no, he was, he Alan, was so Alan, Tudyk, 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 yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, um, okay, but, but can I talk to you guys before we, like, go on? I need to ex- express my... Extreme dissatisfaction—excuse me, dissatisfaction—with one of the characters and like one of the plot lines of this movie. So Eleanor will remember we saw this in Scotland and we saw it with subtitles, so it was like 
we were watching it in English, but there was also subtitles in English, which is fine because I like to watch things with subtitles anyway. Like, cool. Whatever. But I did notice, because of it, how dumb some of the the screenplay was. Like, the writing wasn't very, it wasn't phenomenal. And, like, you saw it more when it was just, like, these words someone put together, and you're like, a 10-year-old could do that. But particularly, I was just so frustrated with, like, the blind dude at the end of that movie going, the force lives in me. I live with the force. Or, like, he just kept saying that over and over again. And I'm like, okay, stop now. Like, the first time it might have meant something. And, like, the 20th time it's just annoying. Like, I don't know how you felt in that. But I was, like, supremely annoyed. I felt a little uncomfortable. I I was squirming my seat. I felt the scene was too long for one. But also... If they hadn't killed him off, I would have been so irritated. <laughs> Thank you! It was like the it Jar Jar like Binks moment where you're like, just get it over with already. Already. This is this is terrible. Yeah. Um, I did like, um, there were a lot of things that weren't that great. It was a, it wasn't, it was a medium good film at best. Um, but, uh, I mean, their CGI obviously was fantastic, um, but that I was... They have no excuse. They had a huge budget, and uh, but their um, their use of the father uh, when they had the the scene where they plumbed the planet, I thought was was um, one of my favorite scenes. And then um, the fact that they brought in what was it the British um, was it the airmen for like they brought in veterans as all the the extras from the the war scenes. So they actually. Yes, oh, really. Know that. That's awesome. Yeah, so I really enjoyed uh, the, the. I don't typically focus on action scenes. I'm not really that interested in those. Are you know they're necessary and they're interesting. And I like explosions, but um, I really enjoyed the way that they set up combat uh, towards the end uh, because the way that they shot it made it look efficient. It wasn't theatrical, um, and it was a more modern take on the way that that combat actually would happen. Um, so, but, I don't know. Okay, wait, Eleanor, is it time for radical honesty? I feel like we all have a lot to be radically honest about. Okay. Ready, Annie. Wait, who wants to go first? (laughs) You do, because you were, like, all into it. Okay, okay. I'm going to be radically honest here for a second, and I think a lot of people will get angry at me. Maybe particularly people who are talking in this podcast. But radical honesty, I saw Moonlight on Friday by myself in, like, a sixth state. And I, like, understand that I was maybe not emotionally prepared for it. But I wasn't really blown away. Like, it was a beautiful movie. It was well done. But it was really... And maybe this is, like, a want... The film, like wanted to leave you uncomfortable and I get that but I just kept wanting for something to happen and I was like speak child or do what you want to do you I don't know so anyway wait so you didn't like moonlight so you lied to me no 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 I like moonlight and I think it's a beautiful film 
but I don't think I enjoyed it. Does that make sense? Like, I think that I liked it, but I don't think I enjoyed watching it. Like, I don't think I enjoyed, I don't think I enjoyed it. If that makes any sense, the difference between like liking and appreciating and enjoying. Like, I don't know that I need to see that movie ever again. Other than the scene on the beach, which I think was beautifully done. Okay. I'm just being radically honest. I mean, I disagree I with you. Light, so I can't comment. Um, but from who the people who have seen it, they said that they they know that the film is really well done. They they recognize that, but didn't necessarily enjoy the film. Um, oh, I know, I'm sure Eleanor feels differently. Yes, she <laughs> does. No, it. I mean, you feel like I'm. I'm surprised you guys don't have a screener for it. But like, it. We do have a screener. I just haven't seen it. Uh, I mean, it was one of those movies, and I actually had text conversations about this with a friend who deeply disagrees with me, because it is a challenging film, but I don't think it ends depressingly. Um, I think it ends kind of beautifully and almost hopefully, hopefully might be too optimistic of a word to describe it, but like with a vision towards the future. And I liked that because a lot of times... It's so sad in movies that I can't watch them. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. Um, for my radical honesty, I would say one of the things that like I both love about being in LA, in LA are there a lot of opportunities to do activities a lot outside your. Oh no, Eleanor, you've cut out. I've lost Eleanor. Okay, uh, you guys keep talking. I'll be back. One second. Maybe just turn off your oh. video. Maybe just talk to us. Okay, one second. I will turn this off and see you in a second. Okay, can you, Yuffie. Can you listen? Yeah, we can hear you. What's your piece of radical honesty? Well, since you talked about Moonlight, it made me think about recent films I've seen where people really enjoyed them and I didn't. Um, I saw Moana with a few people and I did not like it. I felt like they were trying to appease that sort of um, like politically correct everything. They were trying too hard to create a diverse character. Um, they were trying too hard to bring in Lin-Manuel Miranda, which is hard for me to say because I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, they tried too hard to bring in um, a big-name person, Dwayne Johnson. I really didn't think he was a good singer. Um, and and it just, I didn't find the story particularly compelling. I understood that they were trying to get away from the princess meets a love romantic interest, but the story of her just trying to find, um, trying to return um what was it, the shell or whatever, yeah. whatever sort of... The heart of Tahiti? The heart of Tahiti or Tahiti uh, was not enough. I really enjoyed some of the songs, and they were super catchy. Uh, I did not like the scene with the, the crab, the so shiny thing. Like, that was just painful for me to go through. And I, it was this, I had the same feelings about Frozen. I really just didn't like them. Frozen's terrible. Like, too too hard. Um, to to make turn Disney around to this new sort of uh, 
Disney princess who saves herself sort of theme. And they, they impressed that too strongly. And I really just didn't like the film that much. So, I don't know. Unpopular opinion. I mean, it is pretty unpopular, even on this podcast. And one, I would say our most listened to podcast episode thus far has been one about Moana. And we were talking with a friend who, she's Filipino, so Pacific Islander, and in animation. And she was, like, raving about it. So that is a very interesting viewpoint. But for my radical honesty, I'm going to kind of piggyback on this discussion of Moana. And my radical honesty is I am genuinely fearful for many reasons about many things. But on a very, like, light level, it is my fear that Lin-Manuel Miranda will not EGOT this year. Um, Yeah, I don't think he will either. And it is very upsetting to me. And I do think he deserves it. I think America needs it. I I do not think, particularly the two songs that are nominated from La La Land, I don't think are. It, it, maybe it's just that they're, none of them are the songs that I would choose. Or people really like City of Stars. I don't think City of Stars is that good. Audition, Those Who Dream is better. But like, I would choose Another Day of Sun, but that's just me. And I read somewhere that with the splitting of the La La Land vote, it could possibly go to Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake for Trolls. Oh, which, God. Yeah, and for me, I'm like, I would be genuinely upset if Can't Stop the Feeling won the Oscar over How Far I'll Go. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a fear for that. Though I love Trolls. Trolls was one of the last moments of like pure joy I had in my life because I truly went to that and then went to an election watch party that Yuffie was at oh, when she was still so optimistic about her job. <laughs> it was yeah. a very optimistic time in our lives. Uh. But, so that was, so I'm, I, Trolls was a really fun movie, but I would be really upset. I guess on a sidebar, again, minor on top of the minor fear is that I'm nervous that they will bring in an outside singer to the Academy Awards to perform How Far I'll Go, and I really want it to be Ali E. Cravalho, who did the voice of Moana. It's a great song. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, and and she she did really well as that. Did she, she both sang the song and was actually Moana, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she was 15 when she recorded it, which is, like, outstanding. Oh, my yeah. goodness. No, she has an amazing voice. Yeah. She does. Okay, so... Coming back to Rogue One, because I did, I don't know if you know this, Eleanor, I took to NyQuil right at the beginning of this, so pretty soon Anne's going to pass out. (laughs) Okay. So, let's talk about whether or not we think kids, particularly young women, should see Rogue One. And why or why not? Why kids should see Rogue One? Yeah. Like, what do you think the youth of today have to learn or would have to unlearn from watching Rogue One? Um, well, from Rogue One, uh, it was nice to have a, a female lead. I know already that there's been a lot of uh, social media posts about young kids dressing up like like. Jin Urso, so that's fantastic. They they have found someone who's a strong female character. But as we were talking earlier in the podcast, there really weren't enough female 
strong characters besides her. And um, I don't know about the youth of to, today necessarily, but I would really like to see a push in the industry to, you know, not be afraid to include more women in movies like that. People will come see those movies. And it's, it's not a matter of, of creating a film that uh, would be unfriendly for both, you know, young girls and boys to see. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, well, but as far as the message goes, it, it, uh, she, she really looked up to her parents, and both of them were strong characters, but it would have not been nice to also see that her mother was a, a stronger character and had some sort of position as opposed to just being her mother. That would have also been, uh, mm-hmm. been nice. Yes, agreed. Because I don't even think the film passed the Bechdel test at all. Like, we have strong female, we have a strong female character who centers the film, and it's awesome. Like, she is, the Felicity Jones was this huge on the poster and then all the marketing. It was based on her. And if you read about their salary, she got paid far and above what anyone else did. Because she was also coming off of an Academy Award nomination for the date. Oh yeah, imitation game. The other one. The Danish girl. Nope. Nope. The one about. Um, this is terrible. Oh my gosh! What is it? Theory of everything. Theory of everything. Yes. Um, the British period pieces all just slide together after a while. Um, but so she was coming off of that, was able to command a huge presence. But I, I would agree. Like it, the problem with this film is that we're. I would say the main problem I have with this film is that there's only one. She appears to be so outstanding and special, whereas, so I think it again kind of reinforces this idea that in order for girls to succeed, they have to be like over the top extraordinary, whereas there's so many male characters in a film like this who are all cool and great in their own ways, but they don't have to, they don't have to work twice as hard or be outstanding in order to seem to have value as a character. Right. We still have the commander who was a woman. Um, besides, you know, not including. Oh, uh, that's true. That there was the commander, but again, she the, she was by herself. She was alone, um, and she was at the very top. There weren't those middle uh, background characters who were women that were you know a part of those meetings, the, the planning meetings they had, except for the commander and then uh, Felicity Jones's character. So, I mean, it was nice to have two women as part of the the uh, Rebel Alliance, but it would have been nice to have a few more. For sure. And I am... Um... Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of my students and a lot of just the kids at my school have definitely seen this movie, and they, for the most part, I would say loved it. I actually just had this conversation earlier this week with a couple of the little boys, and I do think it's... Okay, so maybe this sounds weird, but I do think it's a good film for, like, 10-year-old boys to see because they were able to talk about Jin and um, Han Solo and, like, Rey and um, Luke Skywalker. They could talk about them all. And, again, this is, like, their generation, so they have only seen all of these movies in the last, I would say, like, you know, three years of their lives. So it all seems to be kind of, like, continuous. They can talk about all those characters with the same kind of intensity and love and 
Um, just, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I just think that they, they love them all the same. Whereas I think in the past movies, like, everyone, yes, everyone loved Princess Leia, but it was, like, really Han Solo and Luke Skywalker that little boys would, like, you know... Identify like, with, yeah. Yeah, and gravitate towards as characters. So I think it's really good for little boys, but, again, for, for like, my female students, I I don't know that, that Jin really teaches them how to be, like, yes, a strong woman, yes, but... <laughs> But a strong woman who's, like, so utterly alone. And it, it, I felt like in the movie, kind of like as we've been saying, she does seem alone. Um, and so it's like... Well, she's an orphan. Right. But, and like, she has no friends. She's left alone. Yeah. So it's like, do you have to be completely alone to mm-hmm. do that? You know, to, do, you, do you have to be a woman among men to get things done? Or can you be a woman among women? to get things done. And it's like, is that powerful? I kind of see those as, as... I would agree. Uh, now that you mention it, I would agree that there are a lot of films where there'll be like a pair of, of two well, male characters that are, you know, getting, getting things done. Um, and those that can be, um, completely platonic. If it's a, like a pair of, uh, like a, a girl and a boy or a woman and a man, it's usually some sort of romantic love interest and they're getting stuff done, let's say, in some sort of like post-apocalyptic world. But if it's it's never a pair, a pair of two two girls or two never. women, it's never like that. Because they, uh, I don't know exactly what goes on in the film industry, but, you know, it, it just feels like they, they don't want to overpower with, too many either minorities or too many women or too anything. Um, they're scared right. of how um, their audience may react. Um, and that's and the only, sad only to me. Has, like just girls in a film where it's like girl focused minus let's not count hidden figures for a second is like some sort of um, either romantic comedy or some sort of like girls shopping sort of movie where it's, uh, I don't know, the one that, first comes to mind is Mean Girls, but any sort of film like that where it's more of like uh, either a romantic comedy or a um, like sort of a satire of what no. like high school is like or something. For sure. So. And and Eleanor and I have been talking a lot about this recently, just like in our own lives, but the importance of the shine theory and the, and the, the idea that like we as women, we like all are better when, when you know, when we're celebrating each other and, 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 I, unfortunately, I don't really see that in this movie. Like, there's, I don't know that there's any real celebration of womanhood. There's, like, a woman to be celebrated, which I think is, is I think a difference. I think step in the right direction, but there, we need, you know, we as a, as a culture need to go forward. For uh, sure. And take it further. So, um, that said, I still like the movie. I yeah, like Yeah, it's Wars. good. Um, uh, it, it, but I don't think it really broke down any barriers. Agreed. As as um, a lot of reviewers have said. I would agree with that. Okay, so to wrap up Good Film Hunting, we always ask ourselves where in the world we would want to go right now if you could go anywhere without any any thought to expenses or to visas or to flights being booked on the right days. You know, whatever. All of that goes out the window. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go to Iceland. 
Uh, maybe this is not the best time of year to go, but I've always wanted to check out Iceland, check out the, the volcanoes that they have. And it just sounds like such an amazing place. That's such a millennial thing to say, but I, I just want to, I just want to spend like a week or two there and experience uh, what it's like. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, need to, need to go right. And also I've heard that Reykjavik is like such like a cool city. And it was like hipster before that was a thing, so it would be uh-huh. it would be fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the nice things, LA this weekend had really nice weather for the first time in a while, which was crazy exciting. And it was so nice being outside and like today being able to go hiking for a little bit. And one place that's been on my list and I haven't been to is Utah. And I've heard that it's stunning and gorgeous and it it's like prettier than you can imagine and to spend that time outside hiking would be so cool I think several reasons i mean with sundance just wrapping up in park city utah i feel like i've been listening like hearing a lot about utah a lot and um today i went to like the autry museum which is like the history of western westward expansion and they had a cool exhibit on the mormons so i i think Utah's on the brain. Utah? Um, I think if I could go anywhere right now. I don't even know. I think maybe Miami. I could really go for just, like, sunshine. Like, pure sunshine. And I've never been to Miami. And I did just go see Moonlight. So, like, all of that wrapped together. Miami. Okay. Well, right. perfect. Sorry, I'm like actually falling asleep. The dream. <laughs> okay, so as we lose Annie, we should thank our guest, Yuffie. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, you're the best. For having me. This was great. We'll have to have you back again to talk more Star Wars. I hear a new movie's coming out in December. That's the hot word on the fifth grade street. Oh, okay. I should talk to fifth graders more often. Yeah. They're also super angry. Oh, God, this is adorable. You guys will both love this. So my students know that I love movies because you, whatever. You know, you can't hide that stuff. Anyway, so um, they know I love movies. And apparently one little boy heard about the problems that were happening with a dog's purpose or whatever and told his mom like I have to tell Miss Huntington the next day she's gonna care about this so much um and it was kind of adorable because he like came up to me and said that and I was like yeah no I heard Liam okay thanks bye because I don't really care about it but he was like devastated and they're all boycotting it <laughs> which is so funny because I don't they hadn't heard about that movie until I showed them the trailer when I visited are you guys recording yes right? You did show them the trailer. Yes, you did. And they didn't understand that I don't like dogs, and they like couldn't get on board with that idea. You're now on the podcast that you never wanted to be on. Okay, anyway. All right. I have to go now. Good night, good film hunting listeners. Thank you, Yuffie. All right. Thank you, Yuffie. You're the best. Good night. Good evening. (laughs) 